Welcome to the Etobicoke Historical Society's monthly oral history podcast. This podcast is one of a series of interviews of senior Etobicoke residents in the 1980s. The interview tapes were recently discovered in the local history room at Richview Public Library. We would like to thank the Toronto Public Library for giving them back to us so they could be made into these podcasts. These oral histories are a valuable and unique view into the history of Etobicoke in the early part of the 20th century, as seen through the personal experiences of local residents. We will be presenting a different interview each month. We hope you enjoy them. I'm speaking to Miss Ann Guardhouse. This is Tuesday, July 13th at 9 o'clock in the morning. Ann, you were born and raised in the Highfield area on your uh, family farm. What, um, what sort of chores would you have to do on the farm? Well, um, I helped to feed the chickens and gather the eggs and bring in the cattle for milking and uh, sometimes put the back out again and uh, I did learn to milk a cow and uh, sometimes we had a pond and I drove the cattle to the pond and got them back. And uh, helped with the horses sometimes. I was very fond of horses. Were they just work horses or did you have riding horses as well? No, we had no riding horses. They were workhorses and we had two driving horses for the buggy. Well, um, when you were 11 um, in 1909, your uh, brother and mother both died the same year. Rather tragic. Um, what else did you have to do after that around the house and then on the farm? Did you have to increase the number of chores you had to do? Well, we had to do uh, many things around the house, small chores, dusting and uh, cleaning up and, and uh, sweeping and making our beds. And then um, at that age, I didn't do very much outside. So it was mainly inside work? At that time, yes. Did you ever, did you start working outside more later on or? Yes, during the war years, after I finished high school, what, it was more October. What, what were you expected to do then? Well, I drove the horses and I <clears throat> did the uh, hay raking and the teddying. I'm sorry, teddying? Teddying. What, uh, what's that? It, it's, it was an instrument that you, a uh, machine that you shook up the hay 
before you to let it dry. And uh, sometimes I drove the horses on the roller, where we had to roll a field and take down the clods. Uh, That's pretty heavy work, then. Well, it wasn't too strenuous. It was just a, really, you had to be on the, your toes. We had good horses. So how many, how many acres would you be farming? We had a hundred acres. Acres. Did your, did your father have any uh, other help other than you and your sister? At one time, yes. Uh, before the war years, he always kept a man, particularly in the summertime. Sometimes we didn't always carry him through the winter. It just depended whether we could get the help or not. But uh, during the war years, it was much harder to get help. Say so it was sort of hard to get help before the war, even. That uh, was it. People just didn't want to work on the farms, or no? You could usually hire, uh, say, uh, some person that had emigrated to Canada. There were a lot of uh, English came out at that time, and uh, some Irish and Scotch. You could wasn't really too hard. And what what? what well, what sort of wages would they get, do you remember? The wages were very poor, as compared with any wages now. But they got free board, and uh, they had certain holidays that went uh, a holiday. They were given time off if they wanted to go shopping, like to buy a new pair of boots or smoke or something. Now, um, when your mother died, um, your father remarried um, within two years of, of, of your mother's death. Now, uh, who, who did he marry? He married my aunt, my mother's sister, and uh, she was marvelous with us, of course. She had lived at home with her mother which was our grandmother, and we had often spent holidays with that. So you didn't feel bothered by having a, a, a new mother? No, it was no chore. We were very happy to have her to come and take care of us. What did, uh, did anyone um, talk about it in, the, in, your, in your neighborhood? Not really. I think uh, certainly they didn't in front of uh, the children. Now, uh, of course, in those days, I suppose when she had come to keep house for us, more or less, it could have been more or less understood that probably it would happen. Now, um what what uh, school did you go to? Highfield Public School, which was at the corner of uh, 27th Highway 
and uh, Rex Stanley. At that time, 27 Highway was just a dirt road. Is that the Indian line? The Indian line? No. 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 Not the Indian line. It was uh, two lines this side of India. Now, how many, um, how many uh, uh, students would there be in your school when you were there? Well, I would think there were about maybe 28 or something like that. How, how old were you when you started school? Six. Six, and you went, old. you went to what, 1914? I went to public school until I tried my entrance, which is grade eight, mm -hmm. and then I went into high school. Okay, so that would be six, what grade? Would be I went about four till I was about fourteen. Okay. Then um, now there was all sorts. Every different grade would be in the in the classroom. Yes, um, we had grades just from one to eight. Uh, there was no kindergarten and they didn't start school in those days until you were at least five, five and a half years old. You started in grade one, there was no yes. kindergarten. No kindergarten, you started grade, grade one. Now what sort of, uh, of an atmosphere would there be in the classroom? Because you had children five years old and children fourteen and well, we all got along pretty well together. <laughs> there were naturally some teasing then sometimes, but uh, generally speaking, the attitude was pretty good. We had to uh, because we couldn't afford to do anything else. There were so few of us. The uh, what sort of a, a teacher would you have there? Was a we. I went to a, a teacher who had been a farm girl and took her education and uh, went to normal and then started teaching. I think ours was probably her first school and she taught for about, I would say for about eight years. How did she, do you, do you remember her first day? No, she was there when I started. When you started? Yes. The, uh, how was your first day there? Did you... Uh... Well, I don't remember too much about the first day. I know I was very shy. And uh, one of the older girls that I knew uh, took me into her seat. We had a double seat. And I sat beside her. That, because I knew her quite well, and, and she took care of me the first day. Now, uh, your family got a, got a car. Um, what, what what sort of a car? It probably would have been one of the first ones in the area. Not really, but it was one of these Ford cars that you had to crank. And uh, they were certainly quite a chore learning to run it. <laughs> so, 
Well, what year did, and did you get the car? And the roads weren't good. What year did you get the car? Mm-hmm. We would get the car about 19... 1916, I think. Oh, wow. Who, who drove the car? Well, there was the... Uh, Oh dear. I, I think you had, had, had mentioned before that uh, you had were the, were, had driven the car. Um, it was agreed by the salesman and uh, that he had to teach my father and me to drive the car. Well, when the car was delivered and he was ready to give the first lesson, my father was sick with lumbago, and so I got the first lessons, and then uh, I was able to uh, help my father when he had his lessons, and that. Now, none of the roads would have been paved back then, would they? No, there was no pavement. There were some gravel roads. The road work was all voluntary by the uh, men. And uh, where you had clay roads, when it rained and was muddy, they were just full of ruts. It was almost impossible to drive. Did you have any serious accidents while driving? No, fortunately we didn't. Uh, but. Uh, I remember one time I was driving into the church shed and I didn't almost make the gateway. My father grabbed the wheel and we sailed bravely into the shed. <laughs> now, um, Highfield is, uh, I was, is about halfway between Clareville and Weston, I would say, isn't it? I would say between Malton and Weston. Yeah. Now, where, where would you do your shopping? We always shopped in Weston. It was our main, uh, and our banking, and everything like that. Is there any reason why you'd go down to Weston rather than up to Malton, or? It was, uh, um, <coughs> in Weston, we could phone in our grocery orders and they uh, once a week and they would deliver them the next day and also the butcher wagon came out and uh, to us once once a week and uh, we had no service like that from all the uh, do you remember who the butcher was uh, round trees were, was the butcher in west of and Hill and Shields was the name of the grocery. And they were based in Weston? Yes. And we did our, all, we had to do our business, banking and, and any lawyers or anything like that. How about um, clothing stores and that? There Were there many in Weston then? 
Not too many. We had excellent delivery service from both Eaton's and Simpson's one day a week. And there you could phone in and they would deliver them the next day or okay. anything you wanted. Or you could get your groceries there too. Did you have a telephone at home? Yes. I don't remember just when we got to tell them. I imagine it be probably about 1912. And where would the exchange be? Down in Weston as Weston well? Weston was the exchange. Now was there, um, Highfield was a farming community. Were there any stores at all there? or? No stores. There was a post office and a Baptist church. That now, what, which church did you attend? We attended the Baptist Church, and they sent out a student minister, and he walked uh, from Weston up to Highfield, which was about almost four miles, every Sunday. So, did you stay with the Baptist Church? No. It eventually closed, and uh, then we eventually went to Sharon United Church, and uh, we're part of that congregation. Do you notice any big changes between the different ways the sermons and and uh, Sunday services were? Not really too much. Uh, at Sharon, it was a six-point charge, and there were two ministers, one a resident minister in Malton, and the other was uh, generally a student minister, and uh, they took turns about in Sunday about coming. Was there a, was there a post office down in, in uh, Highfield? There was a post office in Highfield before we had rural mail, and the postmaster used to put the mailbag over his back and walk down to the Grand Trunk Railway, uh, which was possibly half a mile or more, and uh, put it on a hook a bar that extended from the station and with a head a hook on it and the train would pick that bag up and throw the other mail bag for Highfield off the train. That happened once a day and then he would pick up the bag and bring it back and sort the mail. Guess he lost the mail quite often that way, the bag flying off the wrong way or No. They were very careful with it. And uh, they never seemed to miss any bag picking it up. And they were very careful in throwing it off, too. The station was just uh, a flag station. And only maybe one or two trains ever stopped there. The, um, where would people meet uh, for to catch up on the local gossip or share the news about the latest calf being born. 
Well, they would sometimes get together for uh, a meet at somebody's home for a euchre party. If there were any new couples got married, uh, they always had a chivalry. I'm sorry, a... A chivalry party. Could you explain what that is, please? Well, they met after dark. The outsiders met after dark at the home, and they had all kinds of pots and pans and anything that made a noise, and they serenaded the, the new couple, say, possibly for an hour, half an hour or more. Finally, they come out and uh, took the uh, took the chivalry party in. They all had a really social night. It was one of the things that was looked forward to in the community. Now that this happened on the wedding night. <laughs> yeah, no, not on the wedding night. After they got back from their oh, honeymoon. I was wondering. <laughs> so it was a sort of you would have the 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 actual wedding and reception, and then the honeymoon, and then the chivalry, that which extended the whole. Well, the chivalry was sometimes two or three weeks later, just depending when they wanted to get together and a good, they had to have it, of course, on a good night too, good weather. Would the, the post office be sort of a, a local meeting place for people, just to sort of... Not really. It was just a small room, and he had the boxes, the mailboxes there, and you just went in and got it was open any time of the day until possibly, I would say, seven or eight o'clock at night. So the postma postmaster would also probably be a farmer there too, would he not? No, he was a retired. He was an elderly man and retired, and that was his main job. And what uh, what sort of social activities would you would you have in the area? Well, there weren't too many, but uh, of course we had. Benny was one was building a new barn. <coughs> we always had barn raisings, and uh, they had fun nights uh, where it would get together and have a euchre game or a dance, something like that. And there were places that could accommodate. But there were a lot of private parties. Somebody would open up their home and have a small grouping. So there was enough enough social activity to keep keep you busy and happy. Yes. We worked really too hard to <laughs> To worry much about social life. Did you uh, did you go on any like day-long trips to other parts of the township or down to Toronto or? We frequently went into uh, Toronto to do our shopping and that, and maybe to a show, taking a show while we were there. We had to drive at first by horse and buggy and put up at the Eagle House in Weston. They uh, kept horse there for the day. 
and then we would take the streetcar and go downtown and come back, hitch up your horse again and drive home. So what, uh, what, what sort of shows would you see in, in uh, Toronto? Well, frequently, uh, we went to Shays Hippodrome because it was quite close to Eaton's and Simpson's where we usually shopped and we'd spend the night too. You know. So it would be what, uh, vaudeville or, or musical? Or? Most, mostly, mostly good uh, plays and that. So you go down, you see something like something done by Shakespeare or or Shaw or someone. Not not so much that. I remember seeing the Ten Commandments, and I saw Amos and Andy there uh, in person at one time. And they were just ordinary good, really good show. It was. Part of it was the silent period when you just had the picture. Now, what, what, who would you, who are the favorite film stars then? Did you have a favorite one? Not really. That's too long ago <laughs> to remember. I can remember um, Mrs. Miniver. In, uh, in her role, she was wonderful. And what, what, was, what was she doing in, in that show? It was a war picture. And uh, went about it. Now, did you ever go down, say, the Toronto Islands or Sunnyside Amusement Park? Yes, some, uh, we did go to, yes, we used to go to the islands sometimes for the picnics. And uh, also, in those days, you could take a boat and go to Niagara. And we had some very, in the summertime, some very good boat trips. Now, that would be, good. that would be one day or two days? One. One day. Just a one day trip. You went over in the morning and came back in the afternoon. Or sometimes you went to Port Dalhousie. And they had a very nice. But we did take care. Sometimes we took the, uh, the boat that uh, I think it left about one o'clock and we just stayed right on the boat and returned with it. We got in about six or seven at night. And that was most enjoyable. What would be in uh, Port Dalhousie then? Well, there was, uh, it was like something like Sunnyside used to be. They had all sorts of amusements there. was entertained. And of course, every Easter time, you always went down to the sunny side to the boardwalk and were part of the big parade. <laughs> that was part of the yearly 
amusement. So everyone got all dressed up and just went and marched up and down the boardwalk. Absolutely, and you all had your new spring vine rig on. It was really something. So you'd just be making sure that you know, be there to be seen and to see. That's right. It would be, the, the street would be just packed with, with cars. You could hardly get through and the, the people walking too. Does one year, one, does one of them stick out in your mind as being particularly good or particularly funny? No, not particularly. One year a friend came along and drove us down and we were in a car and went through the throng. We didn't walk in those days. We were in this, we drove along and it was quite something to be, have a car ride through it. The, now, later, you moved out of uh, Highfield. What, what year did you, did you leave the, the area? We left the area in 1918, in the fall of 1918. Now, why did why did you why did you move out? Well, help was so scarce on the farm, and my dad just couldn't keep it. He couldn't do the work, and uh, it was just getting too much for him. Uh, where did you move to? We moved from there to Thistletown. We bought a house in Thistletown for $3,400. A lovely brick house with a 90-foot frontage and sort of a pie shaped. Now what, well, what would your father be doing there for, for a living? Um, he was retired. He did go to a nephew of his who lived fairly close and used to do some plowing for him in the fall. And what did you do when you moved to Thistletown? You didn't have the farm chores to worry about. Well, I started to teach music there and uh, I had a few pupils and I worked in the church. We had a quite a good church in Thistletown. This would be the United Church as well? Yes. Oh. And uh, I was in the choir and the young peoples. Now, uh, and we had a women's institute, which was quite active. And we did quite a lot of things with that. Uh, for instance, what what sort of activities would the institute involve themselves in? In the, in the institute? Well, um, we had a meeting once a month and uh, they yeah, donated uh, to uh, money and raised money sometimes for local things. And uh, they had a fun night once a year and uh, put on a play, a short play, and uh, musical numbers as well. 
and it's just a real social get-together. Uh, you, you taught piano. You taught piano? Yes. Lessons? How did you, uh, how did you learn how to play the piano? Well, a lady used to come around to our home on the farm by horse and buggy, and uh, she came once a week, and that was how I got my first lessons. Uh, do, what, do you remember her name? Her name was Miss Nettie Acrow. And where was she based in Weston as well? No, she lived on a farm a couple of miles away, and then later moved to Weston. Was she any good? She wasn't the best accompanist, but she was the best we could do at the time. You said that she came around to all the farms. Now, I guess the doctor would do the same, and... Yes, if you needed a doctor, you had to phone Weston, and the doctor would come out to eat from there. Sometimes he'd come out particularly in winter in horse and gutter. But, uh, of course, later on, they used the cars. If we could go back to, to Highfield when you lived there, how would, uh, how would you get around in the wintertime? Well, when we went to school, I went to school, I had about a mile and a half to walk. And uh, if the walking wasn't too good, uh, our parents or some of the neighbors would hitch up a team in the sleigh and pick us all up and take us to the school. And then they'd come at four o'clock at night and meet us. Other times we had to walk it. What sort of a sleigh would it be? It was the ordinary farm sleigh with hay in the bottom and some buffalo robes. And, and just the, it wasn't fancy. How would you say get down to Weston for your for your grocery shopping? We took a cutter. We had a couple of driving horses. And if we had to go into Weston, this is before the car, we would take the cutter in the wintertime, the buggy, of course, in the summer. And it, it was four miles. It would take us at least an hour or the best part of an hour. The doctor and the piano teacher would still make their rounds in the wintertime, too, huh? Yes, as long as they could. Well, the doctor always made them. He would cut, if the road was impassable, he couldn't get through. He would cut the wire, he cut fences and take to the fences. If the roads in the, win the winter time, if the road was really drifted, they would take to make a road on the side. And if they couldn't do that, they would go through the field possibly until the road snow was back down to the place where they could drive up the road and down the road again. Now the, I, uh, it sounds like there was a lot more snow then than there is now. There were no snow fences, of course, 
and the roads really did drift badly with rail fences and things like that. And usually there was uh, there was nothing to clear them out. In the winter time, too, possibly a group of young people from your church would uh, get an invitation from a member of another congregation, say three or four miles away, and we'd all take a sleigh, or probably two sleighs with the horses, and we'd have the hay and buffalo robes and we would go out and spend the evening at this a social evening at this other friends. So this uh, social evening would include dancing? Yes. And also it was fun if somebody could tip you off the sleigh or something like that. You maybe had to run behind. <laughs> the, um, now the music in that, would there be like you went to one of these social events. What? Maybe would be a piano there, no doubt. Oh yes, it was always a piano, and it was always somebody that could play. And frequently, sometimes they could play the violin too. So there would be there wouldn't wouldn't be five or six different instruments there. No, never in one or two. And everyone would either be up dancing or standing around the piano and singing, I guess. Yes, and they played a lot of games in those days. They had all sorts of uh, of games that they played. What, uh, could you name a couple? Well, they played croconole, and they played... Uh, went for some of the other things we did. Uh, contests, such as... Uh, word contests that you had to write them and there were various things we could make up a really good evening and what what's what sort of food and drink would you have we mostly had sandwiches really good sandwiches and tarts and pies maybe cake or cookies what fruit juice or soft drinks yes no soft drinks in those days. It was tea, coffee, or uh, fruit juices, I think. Not so many, not so much of that. Do you something more like a punch that they would serve up? or Lemonade and things like that. How about the summertime? What sort of... Uh was there much in the way of organized sports in Highfield? Not really, no. If you wanted to organize sports, you would. Uh, at that time, there was an excellent lacrosse team in Weston that was quite famous. And uh, some of the Thistletown boys used to play on that. And it was was quite a thing in, to go to in the summer, as far as sporting was concerned. And then there was a baseball club down at the Maple Leaf 
the stadium and the odd time you'd manage to get off and get down there and see a game. But there wouldn't be sort of like a, uh, a baseball team no. in, in Highfield playing other small no, towns? No, we had, no. There weren't enough around. How many people would you say were in Highfield when you were living there? Well, there wouldn't be any more than, I suppose, half a dozen, ten farms around. There was no uh, settlement such as a, a village or anything like that. Did you uh, do any swimming in the summertime? Was there a swim hole? Or? There was no place to swim. One of our other pastimes in the wintertime at Highfield was skating. We had a pond on our farm and uh, we used to clean, clear the snow off. And uh, our school chums used to come over and we'd skate on a Saturday and that, sometimes after school. Did anyone get a hockey team together or? No, there was no place to play hockey or anything like that. And uh, at noon at school, there was a cleared bush. Uh, the ground had, the trees had been cleared, but uh, it wasn't growing and there were pools of water and we used to go sliding on that and the odd time there was uh, one large enough to we put skates on and have a bit of skating at noon. Otherwise it was all work. Yeah, very much so. This is the end of the guardhouse interview now for a few words of my own. At the time I of this interview and guardhouse was 84 and just recuperating from a serious case of laryngitis and she was also very very nervous about the interview that's why the the often number of pauses and the tape now when, the most thing I got out of it was talking about the woman's point of view of living on a farm uh, the chivalry party the um, parading down Sunnyside boardwalk and in the Eastern fashions, the the spring finery, um, and playing piano, and some of the chores that the woman had to do at that time. That seems to be the the major uh, offering that she can provide any sort of uh, look into the past.
Thanks for listening to the Etobicoke Historical Society's Oral History Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and like. If you wish to learn more about the work of our society, be sure to visit www.etobicohistorical.com. See you next month.